Well, turn with me in your Bible to 1 John. 1 John. I, I put some things together in case nobody else stood up faster than me. First John chapter four. I'm in the King James. Do the best you can. We'll read together. Are you there? Well, it's on the screen. First John, first John chapter four, verse four. Ready? Read. Ye are of God, little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, let's turn that last part around to first person and say it of ourselves. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Well, he that is in the world is everything that's in the world. Every devil, every demon, every mean person, Everything. We can do it because greater is he. He's in us. He's in me. He's in me. He's not. I'm not calling on God. Oh, Lord of heaven, if you can hear. No, he's right here. You don't have to shout. <laughs> you know, you get people shouting in your ear. I'm right here. I'm right here. The, uh, the Passion Version says the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. So you don't have any troubles. I said, we don't have any troubles. He's not the Calvary coming over the hill because we're under attack. He's right there. The weast, which is kind of the Baptist amplified, says you have gained a complete victory over them. So we've already won every fight. I've already won every fight. Come on, say it with me. I have already won every fight. I've already won it. And well, I got a big fight ahead of me or I'm in the middle of a big fight. No, you aren't. You've already won every fight. The word says in Timothy that you and I are to fight the good fight of faith. It's the only fight we're called. It's the fight of faith. It's the fight to stay in faith, to not be overwhelmed by situations and what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears and what we've learned with our experience, the great fight of faith is just to stay in faith, to endure to the end, to endure to the end. Well, we can do that, but we have to complete. We have to constantly be putting ourselves in front of the word, don't we? Like Lynn was saying, faith cometh by hearing. Faith arises by hearing. It arises by hearing. Every time you hear the word, your faith arises. It's strengthened. So we ought to listen to the word all the time. So I, I gave you a little sticker. Uh, Garland, give Brother Ronald a sticker that's up there, and we'll read them together. Y'all got your little sticker? Anybody need a sticker? You know, those online are going, what is a sticker? Well, we put, <laughs> we put stickers in the front page, the flap of our Bible, or on our forehead or on our mirror or where, wherever you want to. <laughs> and we remind ourselves. I looked in Deborah Ann's Bible a while ago, and that girl goes way back. I've changed Bibles since she has, and she's got stickers I knew not, not, I knew not of. But uh, let's read it together. Ready? Read. The single and most important goal in my life is to become and be a committed follower of Jesus Christ. Well, that is your assignment for life. That's your life assignment. And we can do it. That's what we are. That's who we are. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter one. We're going to crank this thing up. And we're going to ride till we run out of gas or until you say calf rope. Hallelujah. I want to talk about the I am element, the I am element. There's an element. Uh, Lynn talked about it a little bit during his time up here, but it's uh, it's who we are. It's who we are. Now, here here's the plan. Here's the plan. Let me just give you all the plan. It's common. It's it's normal. It's it's everywhere that we as Christians that are impassioned about healing, 
We have no reticence, no hesitation of laying our hands on or speaking to someone that's got some sickness and uh, and calling them healed, releasing healing into someone else. And one reason it works so well is that when they hesitate, when they say, well, you know, I hadn't been in church in a while and, you know, I've said naughty words and thought bad things or whatever. They we 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 instantly calm them down and saying you're qualified. The blood of Jesus has made you free and covered all that and washed you clean. And the Lord's taking none of that business and mess into account. And we, we tell them there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And it settles it. And they go, okay, if you say so, I'm good. And so we release healing into them and boom, they're set free. But the most challenging thing that seems to be in the body of Christ is to get ourselves healed. And the reason is, I believe, is because we are we are privy to the library of our past. We we look into it occasionally and the devil's a faithful devil. If he's anything, he's a faithful devil. I mean, how 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 faithful I have to be to be a devil. So he he reminds us of our past and tells us, well. Big boy, you're stepping up there to get you a dose of God, but, you know. You remember, don't you, what you did and what you said and what you thought and how ugly you were to those people. And you ought to you ought to cool your jets and wait until God's forgiven you. Until it's a settled matter. Y'all recognize the half truth, the lie, the, the, the half truth, which is a whole lie. So so we we consider that people consider that, especially since sometimes, sometimes healing is delayed. The Bible says they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, implying a time lapse of some kind. Is that right? So so we 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 get our we believe we receive by reading the word. When when I say getting yourself healed, we're talking about not going through someone else, just setting yourself in front of the word and saturating yourself, immersing yourself, marinating yourself with the word until you get it. But in that process, we invariably have to rehearse our past. So condemnation is the reason I think that most people being disqualified is the reason most people have to have help getting healed. And we're good with that. But there's certain, I think, I, this is what I personally believe, that there's a certain maturity in, in the saints, in the believers, that the Lord finally says, uh, uh, we're not going to put a diaper on you today because you're going to third grade. We're, we're not going to put a diaper on you. You, you <laughs> Go potty yourself. And so we get to that place where it doesn't really work to go get somebody else to pray for us. And that's that's a quasi land. That's a that's a you can't define it, but it seems like that's a factor. And so. What we have to do is we have to qualify ourselves. And I know everybody in here has assented to I am qualified. The blood is Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I am qualified. I'm the healed by his stripes. I was and I am and all that. And we know that we know we know the covenant promise of healing. We're sure you couldn't talk us out of that any more than salvation itself. But the reality, the reality, the the at home score is. We deal with it. We deal with qualifying in our heart of hearts and everything concerning getting yourself healed or born again is personal. It has to come out of here. You can't you can't have somebody come in and sub for you. You you have to you have to go to the match yourself. And so we have to qualify. Well, that's why I'm teaching and have been for weeks and weeks on the new birth. Just looking at it from every angle about how born again we are and how powerful we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
that there's just no doubt. There's no room. There's no there's no bastard son and, and stepson and and illegitimate son that we we are all we are Jesus in, in Romans eight. It says he became the firstborn among many brethren. So we were elevated. He wasn't taken down, but he went from the only begotten to being the firstborn. And we were elevated to be in his genre, his, his class. Although we're not in his class, I'm not saying we're Jesus. But when it comes to sonship, we are. So we have to go over that. Faith cometh by hearing. We have to go over that. We have to, we have to pound it. And put it in so then that when we go to healing after this series, whenever that is, that we go to there, we've got this thing as a firm foundation and we know where we're standing. We know what we have. Bless God, healing does is easy for me because I'm a child of God and greater is he that is in me than this crap, this junk, excuse me, this crud, as I meant to say. Hallelujah. Stuff jumps out. Hallelujah. <laughs> This stuff that's that's around me, that's trying to get on me. Y'all hear me? I do apologize for that. Amen. Well, so Ephesians chapter one, verse three says, blessed be the God and, of, and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, hath. That's that's past tense in, in Elizabethan English. It's hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He hath. It's already happened. It's done. Say it's done. It's done. According. So how did he do it? According as he hath chosen us in him. In him before the foundation of the world. Before you are a thought to your mother. Before the foundation of the world. Why? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Boy, I'm getting more special. I feel, I'm feeling the special. How about y'all? Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So nobody was holding God's arm up and saying, say, uncle, say, uncle, do it for him, do it for him. He said, this is what I want to do. I want a family. I want a family that's not pets. I didn't get to preach it last week, but I was going to talk about how some people are more sure about the status of their pets in their family than they are about their status as children with God. It's, they'll tell you, well, this is my family. This is my family. I mean, say, say they're this and say they're that, but they're not. You denigrate the word family when you do that. It's like you're lumping me in with that. And what he just did on your floor and 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 you're lumping me in with that. But I didn't get to say it, so we'll just pass on that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Verse six to the praise of the glory of his grace. So this, this this not only pleased him, but it brought glory. It was a way that the Lord began to impart glory wherein he hath, he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted. Well, what about that bad thing I did? I'm accepted in the beloved. Well, what, what about, you know, the, I, I, yeah, no, accepted in the beloved, in the beloved, the highest place he's got right hand of the father in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, According to the riches of his grace. Wherein, I mean, this stuff just goes down and in and over. Wherein he hath abounded. That word is big. That word is big. It's not like he has tolerated us. He has got along with us. He's put up with us. No, he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made note unto us the mystery of his will. He has made known unto us the mystery of his will. He has made known unto us the mystery of his will. So that says, that says, translate it any way you want. It says if he knows something about you and you want to know something about you that he knows that you don't know, you can ask him and he'll make known to you the mystery of his will. 
That's cool. You're like, well, you just never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. It's in the book or you can just ask him, what about this? Now, I tell you all the time, he's not going to tell you about your cousin Jake and what went on with that little situation. That's none of your business, but about you, the book is there. And in verse nine, he says, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. Oh, my word. The Lord got a thrill by getting us. Well, we shouldn't think that's so strange because what's the happiest thing a married couple they get excited about more than anything is that baby that comes into their life. And this is this is our baby. And and we're going to name it ourselves because he's ours. She's he got a thrill. He got a pleasure. He got glory by having us. So he's real. He's real happy with the church. We're he's happier with us than we are with us. <clears throat> We're always criticizing the family, but he never criticizes the family. He never says, man, if I could just get them straightened up, I could do something. Well, it took him 2000. It took him 4000 years to atone for Adam, the first Adam to atone for hit to, to straighten out his mess. Took 4000 years to get to the Lord Jesus and straighten that out. But he was long suffering with that. He was working with with people that that were just people had no spirit in them. They were dead spiritually. And he navigated that thing for 4000 years. Is it 4000? Yeah. Yeah. From Adam, from Adam to Jesus was four grand. And so he so it's like if he could navigate that. It's no problem. We're all born again. We're cooperating. He's having a good time, y'all. I'm here to tell you. The Lord's having a good time being involved in your life, just like the dream of your heart was to be involved in your children when they were at home. It's like, what are you doing tonight, this week, baby? Well, I'm, I got softball practice. I'll be there. I'll be there. He's anything good in us. He's gooder. So I wrote this down. I thought it might come up. Christians are unique people. Do you all agree with that? We're unique people because we're born again. We've got something in us, something that's greater that, he, that is in us than, than that that's what's in the world. We're in the world, but what we got in us is greater than the world. So we're unique. We've got special powers. <laughs> huh. I'd take my shirt off and show you the S that's on my T-shirt, but you, you, you couldn't bear it. There'd be fainting everywhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> but here's the key about us being unique is that we must have the supernatural to live. Have you ever thought about that? We cannot function on that, that stuff that the world functions on. Enmity with God. Darkness working every situation out of their rationale, their wisdom, their education, their knowledge. That's all they've got, their experience. Here we've got the mind of Christ down here. We just come up against a roadblock and, and just plug in, and the, the voice inside, the still small voice, just says, do this and do that, and suddenly we're on the other side of it. They don't have that. We're unique people. But we require, to be unique, we require the supernatural. And I'll tell you, that's why all the people that are in churches that don't have the supernatural, why they're so unhappy. They're so unhappy because there's no supernatural. And all they can talk about is some speculation about, well, if God can do it if he wants to. But you know God, he doesn't want to. And so, but we don't. We say, we sang it this morning. Nothing is impossible to him who believes or something. All things are possible. That's what we said. We sing that. And nobody, nobody got their stuff up in their purse and their Bible and walked out the church because it says, I, I, that's just blasphemy. No, we all said, yay, all things are possible. Me too. So 
we must have the supernatural to be happy, to function. We, that's who we're unique. Greater is he that is in me. Well, greater the, the, the in me is supernatural. There's nothing. He's not a spleen or a or a, a, a gallbladder or something that just, you know, is in there. He's he's God and he's in us. So the question is in this series, and I'm, I'm here to provoke you. I'm not here to inform you. I'm here to provoke you. Always remember when Michael gets up, he is not here for information. There may be information, but I am here to provoke. That is my job. I don't like how he does it. Well, you're, you go somewhere and get information. Read a book. Pull up a documentary. But if you, if you come here, I'm here to provoke you and move you out of a comfortable spot that you've been there too long. And I don't even know what it is. I'm not even like aiming. I'm just here to provoke. Because that's what the Lord Jesus did. He provoked everywhere he went. He never did come by and affirm. He never come by and say, y'all doing all right. This is good. I think I'll move on to the, to the, the other folks. No, he upset them all everywhere. And so I'm not trying to upset y'all, but I just know I'm here to provoke. So who are you? Only the word of God can identify us. You don't know anything about who you are, what you can do or what you can have, except in this. You have no corresponding sensors to tell you who you are. You have no way to know. You, you, all you can do is look in the mirror. And the fact is, the truth is, nobody in here has ever seen their face. You've seen a reflection of your face, but you've never seen your face. Never. So how would you know what's inside if you hadn't even seen your face? Amen. So without a mirror, you would not even know if you was pretty or not. <laughs> and without the word, you would forget who you are. I can hardly tell you all the people I know that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized, I mean, gloriously transformed, changed. Jesus just took over and Holy Spirit came in and it was wonderful. And then one or two or so years later or less, they are as ordinary as the carpet in your closet. They're just, there's just nothing there. Like, what? I didn't get nothing. That's all right. Or they'll say, I got it. I got it. it I got it. I got it. Well, baby, you leaked out. You leaked out and there's nothing left in there. In James chapter one, Slip over there with me. We're moving. You're in a bullet train right now, so you, you'll be moving right along. James chapter 1. We've looked at this scripture before, but let's, let's, now that you know where I'm going with this, concerning healing, concerning your finances. Finances are a little more challenging to get supernatural about because we have so many ways to, to move the dial in our own life. But healing, it's either there or it's not. It either happened or it didn't. Or you could say, well, it got, it's getting better. Well, that's not what we were looking for is better. Better is what you get when you just wait it out. We're looking for something that's like, if I come to your house and lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, you won't just be getting better in three days. That's what we're looking for. Do you all know that's the mark? That's the goal. That's the place. We're not looking for house calls. We're looking for when I lay hands on you, the power of almighty God will go through these hands and the Zoe life that's in me and on me will transfuse you and sickness and disease and pain will be eviscerated, will, will come out and flee in stark terror. That's what we're looking for. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep the goal in, in, in sight or you'll settle. 
You'll stop at the halfway mark and say, yay, we're winners. No, you're just halfway, honey. Oh, I thought this was the end of the race. No, just halfway. So we don't want to settle. We've come this far. We've come this far. We might as well. We're already dressed up and ready to go. We might as well go. So in James chapter one, verse 23, it says, for if any man, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like he is like. So here's a simile. You you don't know what a man that's a hearer and not a doer of the word is. You like, well, what does that mean? So he gives you an example. He takes you to something that if you can relate to that, you'll know exactly how that man is. He said he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, in a mirror. For he beholdeth, the word there is to gaze for a long period of time. It's not a glance. The word, there's another word for glance. This isn't a glance. It's someone beholding that studies out their reflection. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway, that you could say right away, forgetteth what manner of man he was. Uh, the Amplified says, for if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. Carefully. For he thoughtfully observes himself. So he's still meditating. He's still looking and then goes off and promptly, isn't that amazing? Promptly forgets what he was like. So being here, the word is practically useless if you're not going to be a doer. Are you all awake this morning? OK. The passion says you perceive how God sees you. Verse 24, you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. But then you go out and forget your divine origin. Oh, not only did you just forget what you look like, you forget what you are. Do you know those Christians? Have you ever been around them that they're long termers? They're they're casual Christians. They're they're uh, you know, they 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 all have an experience. But there's nothing in them. There's nothing in them. They're as needy as a lost person. That's because they were a hearer, but not a doer. So we got to be doers. The word that we hear, we got to do. We got to obey. Uh, too much is given, much is required. Teachers have a stricter. What does it say? It, there's a cost to being a teacher, a higher standard. Yeah, of that. So the point is the only the word can identify who you are. Therefore, only the word, only the word. There is no conjecture. There's no second opinion. There's not a, a reference that we can go to. Only the word can tell you what you can do. And it lieth not. Only the word can tell you what you can have. Now, if we want Bible results, we have to do it the Bible way. And so people are, are treating church. They want church results, but they don't want to go to church. They, and they all point to some, some preacher, elder, deacon, Christian, somebody that they say, he done me wrong. But, you know, the answer to that is Jesus never did do you wrong. And we didn't go to see people. We go to the concert to see people. But we go to church to see him because he's corporately represented. And we all bring a, a life in together that's greater than the life that we have apart. Two is better than one. And so we get more done together. And, and, and then we come in to hear the word because if you're left to yourself, and a lot of these so-called Christians are left to themselves, they begin to think about their situation according to how they think because they can't take their 
their, their, their beliefs out and say, okay, let's study this. Their beliefs are right there. So they're talking to themselves by the beliefs of themselves. And so they come to a conclusion that you go, that's crazy. Well, that's what I think. And you listen to them say, that's what I think. But when you come to church, you, you're assaulted, you're, you're confronted, you're, there's a pushback on stuff that's junk and mess and wrong. And you, then we look at the word and say, this is what you look like, this is what you have, this is what you can do. And it assaults those worldly and, and, and carnal ideas which always end up exalting some person. Well, I think you don't have to do this. You don't have to believe that. There's many roads to heaven and y'all's is not the only one. Well, if you'll come to church, you'll find out that that's not what the word says. If you'd read the word, but even then people read the word. That's how the Jehovah Witnesses and the more, they read the word, but they come up with a different conclusion than, than context demands. You can take any scripture out of context and make it say anything. I'm telling you, we could have a jumping monkey circus uh, for church based on the word of God. If you just give me some, a little room to take stuff out of context and, and remove it from its setting. <laughs> I mean, and I'll tell you, that's what they've got out there is jumping monkey circus for church. It's just, it's like, how'd y'all get here? Well, it took a lot of segregating the word out of its context, but we finally got there and made it say what we wanted, obviously. So only the word, only the word. So I've never had any complaints, but I do notice that people notice that we go through a lot of scripture here. You don't know. I put it on three by five card. How many, how many lines are on a three by five card? There's a dozen. I try to keep it to one page for Barry. <laughs> when, I, when I get to the bottom of it and I'm not through, I go back through my notes and say no, no, and no, and no. But still, it's a lot of work back there. He, he, he has to look up these scriptures before I get up here. And he's like, I've been working on the railroad all the live long day. We do the word. You go, well, we know the word. Yes, but you got to be a constant hearer because it fades out just like your image would fade out. And so we do that. Second uh, Corinthians chapter three says the same thing. Let's let's just look there. Second Corinthians chapter three. You're in the New Testament. It wouldn't take long to get there. Chapter three, verse 18. Are you there? But we all. But we all, so everybody, with open face, unveiled, looking straight up, face behold as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. And, and so it's talking about the word and are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So what it says there is that as you look in the word, it reflects the glory of God back to you and we are changed. We are changed by the glory of God that's in the word. The word has glory. The word is glory. And when we get in there and it reflects back to us, we don't change it. It changes us. We have a lower glory than the word does. And the glory overwhelms us. And suddenly we see ourselves as we are and what we can do and what we can have. And we have a we have a confidence that I can speak to the mountain. We have a confidence we can tell our bills to be met. We can have a confidence to say this boo-boo's got to go. We have a confidence that, that we, can, we can declare the truth around our house and our son will rise up healed and everything else. Well, that comes from the glory being reflected. You can't get that from just saying uh, we go to church at Christmas and Easter if we don't have company and if we're not going to be company. So it's kind of like, see you next year. Eternal life, eternal life, aeonius zoe. I have come, the Lord Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Life, zoe, eternal life. Not life that just makes you live long. That's a secondary thing uh, to, to, to the life. It's the life of the eternal 
It's the life of God. What, what makes God God? The essence that makes God. What, what is it that makes God God? It's this zoe. It's this substance, this essence that's in him that he is, that he is. And the word says in John that he gave to his son Jesus. And then Jesus gave it to us at the new birth. So we we are filled with Aeonius Zoe, not to let the, the emphasis has always been, well, we're going to live forever. Well, it, that didn't matter. If you never if you never heard of Jesus, you're going to exist forever in this body or in, in the grave. In hell, in hell. So that was no big revelation. Well, we're going to have eternal life. You're going to have the life, the quality and caliber of life of the father is imparted at the new birth. Well, I didn't feel it. You know, you get a large download on your computer and you have to wait until the little the little meter moves across there. And finally, it says you're done. That's how long it took. Faster than lightning. And you couldn't feel it. There was nothing, no sensory connection in your spirit. Isn't it amazing? I'm always so amazed what the Lord has done in our bodies. How that you, you can take any, any, any part of your body and you can touch it or prick it or, or whatever and you can feel it. There's nerves everywhere. There's sensories everywhere. And that's why when you break an arm or something, it hurts so bad because all of those things are inflamed. Well, he's everywhere inside of us. Every part of our essence and being is filled with that Aeonius Zoe, that life of God. And you, you can't lose with the stuff we use. We, we are, he is, he is the firstborn among many brethren. What an elevation and promotion that we got when we went with him. The Amplified says, in all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory, as in a mirror, the glory in the word of God as a mirror. So it's reflect. So you put your face in it and it reflects back are constantly being transfigured into his very own image. Oh, my. I mean, if that wasn't enough in everlasting splendor. And from one degree of glory to another. That's what's already happened, y'all. It's not like someday we're going to discover the cities of gold and won't we, won't we be wealthy. He's already downloaded everything, everything that can be. We got the whole package. And it's like, but I'm ordinary. I'm common. I'm regular. I, I, there's nothing. Yeah, that's the way he likes it. He likes to have all the glory for being all the difference. And so he is. Everything that's in us is there. So, so being born again, there's always a way to win. There's always, a, say with me, there's always a way to win. When you're born again and you know, you, you recognize, you affirm that the life of God is in me. I'm not as those that are not born again. I am not as those that don't know God. They're stronger. They're smarter. They've got better memory. They can all the things they can do better than you. They, we are not them because he's in us. I'm going to page two. And I, that's where I told y'all to hold on because I, the Lord downloaded to me two days ago. And so I'm going to just say this and y'all just be blessed. Just be blessed. But he told me and I was, I was talking to Deborah Ann about it and I went and wrote it down. To refuse or to procrastinate, to be reticent, to be even slightly distracted or unfocused, to be passive about discovering, listen, listen, about discovering the new man that you are, to be passive, reticent, hesitant about discovering 
the new man that you are is hypocritical. It's dishonest, ungodly, uncaring, self-serving, and disingenuous. Why aren't we in hot pursuit to, to dig? They found gold in our backyard. We found gold in our backyard. Why? Somebody buried a gazillion dollars worth of gold coins in our backyard. I'll be there when I come around next year. No, that's not how we would think. To get born again, heaven is just the first step. It's not the whole thing. It's not the whole thing. It's such an upgrade from going to hell. It is a good thing. And, and sometimes good is the enemy of best because it's, it's good. And, and, but the word says that even to do that, even to go to heaven, you have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So I would not judge anybody. I, and I don't. But I'm just looking at the word. And, and then you look at the lives of people and you wonder that their, their new birth experience was not soulish because a, a, a scent, a scent is a soulish attribute. There is no ascent in the kingdom. Ascent is agreeing to something. But we, when we, we're born again, we do not just ascent. Conversion is not just voting that Jesus is God. Well, Jesus, he's God, he's Lord, and all them other things they say about him. I, I just, I, on my watch and on your watch, you just want to make sure that everybody has got born again that says they're born again. And everybody that's not born again, that we bring truth to their life and tell them the cost that it takes to get born again. Well, if you just go down there and tell him you want to get saved and you want to ask Jesus in your heart, well, he'll baptize you that night and it's a done deal. We can go to the Red Sox game the next evening. It'll be no big deal. But that's not it, is it? Uh, the new birth is a ripping out of the old man. The Lord does the ripping. He rips out. The word says he destroys the old man that you were and he puts in. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He takes out the old. It's not a modification. It's not a, well, we can move the bathtub over here, but it'll still be the old bathtub. Well, that'll be good. It's not a renovation. It's not a remodeling. Start, we're going to burn the place down. We're taking it to the ground and starting over. And that's what happened at the new birth. We, I, want, I want you to be so enamored with what happened at the new birth that even these many years, 20, 30, 40 years later, we would gasp. We would suck wind at what happened to us and the majesty of who moved in and the glory of his presence inside of us that changes everything. Everything. There is no successful romance when you're the only one on your mind. You would divorce or wish you could divorce any marriage that that was the condition. All he thinks about is himself. I am not even here. All she does is just, she's got a separate life and we just, we just have the same address on her driver's license. We would wish to be out of that. And the Lord doesn't like it either. It's not that he's mad, but he invested for more. 
But the church has perverted his cause and his methods and his impartation. We have perverted it to just say, and this is what happened to me at Oklahoma Street Baptist Church in Tampa, Florida when I was eight years old. Well, Mike, that's what they called me. Mike, do you want to ask Jesus in your heart? Uh-huh. Okay, we'll baptize tonight. Be, y'all be here in your, good, in your jeans in, at 6.30 and we'll get y'all ready. That was it. That was my whole spiritual ex- experience to the new birth. And I was cheated and robbed because I never knew. I never knew when I got born again after that. I never knew. I, I got born again, but I don't know when. It didn't happen in a moment. But I got baptized again and, and all that sort of thing. So we've been changed, we've been transformed, we've been filled with the very glory of God. And to deny it, to deny it is the worst thing that we can do towards heaven. Because it's his, it's his gift to us. He, 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 had, he adopted us. He, he brought us into the family. And we're still saying, well, I'm a Bradley or I'm a Jones or I'm a Smith. I, I'm not the Lord's. And that's very... Would y'all say that's not nice? It's insulting. So people claim that the intoxication of this world has kept them from serving God. And there is an intoxication in this world. Would y'all agree? I'm not talking about liquor. I'm talking about the world's pleasures and the things that our flesh are drawn to. (coughs) Excuse me. And so... Uh, would we say, would we say when I get to heaven and there's no world to intoxicate me and to, to, and to distract me, I'll do better. Who wants to live with a woman or a man like that that just says, well, if, the, if you were the only one on the earth, I'd like you. <laughs> but until then, you're going to have to fight for every spot. We wouldn't be happy if we were the Lord. Matter of fact, it's kind of disgusting that we would put him in that thing. He, he sent Jesus to the cross and gave it all. And, and, and the, for the joy that was set before him, he endured it, it the word says. But still, he... Well, we're believers. We are the highest form of creation that's ever been. Jesus was not created. Holy Ghost was not created. Angels were created, but they they are under us. We're in charge of them. So we're the highest form of creation. And we believe and we do. We take it seriously. We don't blow off the Lord and say, I got this and he can't take it away from me. He has to bring me to heaven when this is over. And I don't care about the reward seat. I don't care about where they're going to put me. I'm good to be on the back row of the kindergarten in in the upper room or the outer room. Yes, you do. If you knew what that was like, if you knew what was planned, how you're to be a governor over five cities or 10 cities or 20 cities versus back there getting your diaper changed. You'd say, I wish I'd been a hearer and a doer of the word. So I'm exhorting you, my family, my loved ones, my most precious. I'm exhorting you and myself to put on the Lord Jesus and to be in pursuit of what he's done for you. So that not only will you be blessed, but that you'll lay hands on the sick and they will always recover that you will speak to mountains and they will always move. You will speak to fig trees and they'll always be uprooted. It's the greatest pleasure you could aspire to. We've all been on cruises or been to Disney or been to the mountains or whatever people do to say, that's my bucket list. We've all pretty much done that or seen enough pictures of it. We say, that's that's good, that's enough. So all that's left is the things of the kingdom to inspire you, and to, to, to challenge you. Because you already got everything else nailed down. We're in America. We got all the money that you can pile up. 
We got all the, 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 ve the vehicles and gadgets you can, you can put your fingers on. We're, we're, we're not even sleeping well because we got so much to do that we could do. But the kingdom is worthy. So when we say, Lord Jesus, you're worthy, we need to be mindful that that's more than just you alone are worthy. It's his whole life is worthy. And we're in it. Are you provoked to love and good works? Amen. We don't want to be hypocritical and dishonest. We want to be who, say we are, who we say we are, who he says we are. And amen. Now, I'll just tell you, just for you all to know, if you'd have brought visitors this morning, they wouldn't have got that. I just want you all to know you, you're safe. If you bring somebody, you go, well, gosh, what if I'd have brought Leroy that service? Well, he, that'd have blown him up. That's not how we do it. I'm able to, if a quarterback can scan the whole field at, at uh, Bryant-Denny and find the receiver, I can scan the field and find out who's not normally here. And, I'll, and I will take care of you if you bring somebody. Y'all say amen. I will take care of you. I will not blow you up and say, dear Lord, I didn't know it was going to be that, that Sunday or I'd have brought him. No, I'm, we're good. But we have to have family talks. Because we're family. And, and, and I've got the pulpit this morning. So if you, want, if you want to have a family talk, get the pulpit. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. And we're going to do better. Lord, I thank you this morning for the nurture and admonition of the Lord to challenge us to find dark places in our life that we don't even like, but we didn't know they were there. And Lord, we're shining the light on everything now. We so want to be pleasing to you. It's, it, there is nothing else. We've tasted all the pleasures of this world and we're done. But Lord, the pleasure of pleasing you is never satisfied. So we thank you for being so tolerant of us. But Lord, because you love us so much, you never even had to say it was hard. You just love us. So thank you, Lord. We love you. We love the body you've put us in, the church that we're in. And Lord, it is fun, fun, fun in 2023. Thank you, Lord, for getting us up to speed for 24. We'll be ready because you'll help us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, let's stand up. Let's sing a song.